This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 606. Good morning. Welcome to a Monday. And uh, if you didn't pay attention much to politics over the uh, weekend, you might be shocked to learn that the government mm-hmm. is not shut down this morning. Mm-hmm. Turned out I was 100% wrong. because I, I think everybody was wrong. I said there was a 100% chance that they were going to shut down, and then they did not. I don't think anybody gave this a shot they, at all. Uh, Even the people that were voting on it, I don't think, probably thought that the government wasn't going to be shut down Sunday night. They did that thing where they... Uh, uh, you know, they decided to keep it open for 45 more days, during which time they will have to figure out how to keep it open after that. So, in, in, in all fairness, we can we could still be right. Yeah. It's true. just that the government didn't shut we down Sunday be, night. We could shut down in 44 days. It just might be six and a half weeks uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. ahead of ourselves. Supposedly, this is going to uh, give Republicans and Democrats time to uh, work out a deal. Um, but pretty much... I guarantee nothing will be done yeah. until 43 days from now. <laughs> you know the old saying, when all is said and done, more is said than done. Now, if you think this uh, ends some of the fighting that was going on last week in Congress, oh, no, it got worse. So even though they, they agreed that there was not going to be a shutdown, you know, so uh, you have people in the military, people at the border, they're going to continue to receive their paychecks. Everybody is back at their job um, this morning. You mean the border guards, right? Border guards, yeah. right, and just not, um, just, just not just in general people at the border, right? Right, yeah, border guards. Uh, thought that was obvious, but maybe not. Well, somebody's going. Wait a minute, they get payments? No, no, they don't. Well, yeah, they do. <laughs> well, not <laughs> when you come across the border. Not just illegals yet. get payments when they come. Why? That's part of the reason why they come across the border. Because um, they don't just get left; they get free rides, they get free food, they free, get free medical. So, yeah, they get yeah, payments. There's a, there's a That's part of, that. of the argument about you know spending more money at the border the uh fights that we're going to see it's just it's just absolutely stupid in my personal opinion um uh because now if you remember i mean there were a lot of times where not, not a lot of times pretty much to pass a law you have to work across the aisle you cannot pass a law unless you have a super majority like we do in Idaho, like Oregon does. In Congress, though, there is not a supermajority. So you have to work across the aisle to get a bill passed because you need 60 votes in the Senate, and there are not 60 Democrats or 60 Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to do somewhat working across the aisle. And uh, because the government did not get shut down, Matt Gates is pissed. So he has claimed that he is going to be calling for the ouster of Kevin McCarthy this week because he worked with Democrats to keep the government open. (sighs) Now, that's just a tip of the iceberg. Um, Apparently, there are people within the House that are upset and frustrated with Matt Gates and his tomfoolery, and they'd like to see him expelled from the House of Representatives. And there is an ongoing investigation 
into Matt Gates, and this started a while ago, um, over fraud, lying, things like that. And they would like to see him expelled. If this comes back that he is guilty of these things, and we could find out fairly soon, um, they'd like him expelled <laughs> also. Jeez. So you have all this crap going on. And this is the stuff, in my opinion, that just frustrates and makes the average American just mad as hell so they don't want to take it anymore. I mean, you have to work across the aisle. You have to have bipartisan yeah. support on no matter what, anything you do. And now you get punished because you worked across the aisle. By the way... You know, they think you're disloyal. Yeah, Kevin McCarthy isn't the only Republican who voted to keep the government going. A majority of Republicans voted. Yeah. This, this was not a close vote. Well, nobody wanted it to be their fault. Yeah. So there was a majority. There's just a few Republicans, like Matt Gates and um, a dozen of his other far right-wing members, who didn't want to keep the government going, and now he's upset, so he's going to call, he said this year, he claimed on the talk show circuit this weekend, he's going to call for Kevin McCarthy's ouster this week. I don't, And he said the only way that he won't be ousted is if Democrats save him. And then he said he's going to be beholden to Democrats because now the Democrats will be running the Republican Party in Congress. I don't know if I believe any of that or not, but hey, you have your right to say whatever you want. Now, if that wasn't enough craziness... I'll just reserve judgment until something happens, if it ever does. Yeah. We'll find out this week because he claims that it's going to be happening um, this week. So we'll find out. Um, The the other crazy part about this this weekend is, um, and and this is just stupid, and, and it it turned out to be it is a much bigger thing. You saw that uh, one of the uh, Democratic representatives pulled a fire alarm over the weekend. Did you see that? I did. Because he wanted to slow down the vote. He didn't want the vote to happen. <laughs> he says the, it was the, an accident. The allegations but how are... how do you accidentally pull a fire you alarm? You can't. You can't. That's the dumbest thing. And AOC... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was all over the talk show circuit saying, hey, this is easy to, to understand. He made an accident. The signs are confusing because you can't tell if it, it, you know, what button opens what door, and we're not supposed to be there on the weekends. Um, there's just one problem. You have proof of the man pulling the fire alarm, and then there's no way you can mistake that fire alarm for a door opening because they showed mm-hmm. pictures of it. It says fire alarm right on the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say open door. It's not ambiguous. It it doesn't show nothing where it looks like you just... It's a fire alarm like you see in schools, like you see in every public see, building. If I were him, I'd say, I was just so sleepy from all the negotiations. <laughs> uh, and instead, he's like, I didn't know which door... I, I thought I was opening a door, so I pulled down. It was an accident. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're full of crap. AOC, you're full of crap. And this becomes a much bigger Congress. thing. Congress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're full of crap. Thank you. Uh, this becomes a much bigger thing because you denied it. First of all, he tried to deny that he did it. And then, of course, video, because every place has video, especially in Congress, um, shows him actually 
pulling the fire alarm. And then, of course, they changed the context narrative by saying, well, it was just an accident. He thought he was opening, pulling a, a handle to open up the door right there because he's not uh, used to that door being locked. So that was what he was doing. It's an e- easy mistake to make. Well, if it's, not, if it's so easy, why didn't over 400 other people make the same mistake? If he just, the problem is that it is against the law to do what he did uh, on two things, you know, pulling a fire alarm when there is no fire Mm -hmm. and interrupting the business of Congress is against the law, as As, some people on January 6th found out. As we've learned in the last two years. (laughs) Yes. So it's going to be, of course. Very, very clearly. Of course, he won't be charged because he's who he is. He, he's he's not just a average Tom, Dick, or Harry that right. was trying to interrupt the business of Congress on January 6th. He's an actual congressman, as, so he won't get as, charged. And as I heard somebody say last night, well, he didn't break any windows or doors. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. Neither did about uh, eight or 900 of the other people who uh, did get found guilty on January 6th. Uh, so those are some of the things we'll be talking about today. Um, also, we'll be talking about the Supreme Court session. Today's the first day of the uh, first new Supreme Court session. We'll talk yeah. about some of the things. First, uh, first Monday in October. Yeah, that they'll be looking at uh, this morning. And we'll be talking about Boise State, another loss this weekend. We also uh, will have Bob Beeler in with us for Bronco Monday. And play of the game coming up here this morning. We have a $50 gift to get to Land Ocean that we'll be giving away. Uh, if you know the play of the game, you stuck around after the game. So that's all coming up this morning. Phone lines are open, and it's time now for our first check on what's going on with sports. A lot of sports this weekend. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Check out their menu before you head on out. Uh, it saves you a lot of time of looking over once you get there. ThePorkBellyIdaho.com. The Boise State men's tennis team on Sunday concluded four days of competition at the ITA Mountain Regional in Colorado Springs. Sophomore Yip Van Ossendelft reached the singles quarterfinals after winning his first three matches, but lost to Jack Barnett of BYU Saturday. Junior James Van Herziel qualified for the singles round of 16 with wins in his first two matches, then lost to Daniel Sancho Arbizu of the University of Denver. Junior Jet Middleton and senior Caden Mortot played each other in the singles consolation semifinal. Middleton won 6-2-7-6. In doubles, Van Herziel and Mortot reached the consolation quarterfinals where they were eliminated by BYU's Jack Barnett and Red Owen. Up next for the Broncos men's tennis team is the Idaho State Invite this Friday through Sunday in Pocatello. Former Major League Baseball pitcher Tim Wakefield died Sunday at age 57 from brain cancer. Wakefield won 200 games in the majors. He was a knuckleball specialist who played 19 seasons, two with Pittsburgh and 17 with Boston. Wakefield was part of the Red Sox team that won the World Series in 2004, but missed the 2007 series with a shoulder injury. He had intended to keep his diagnosis private, but former Red Sox teammate Kurt Schilling announced on his podcast in September, without seeking permission first, that Wakefield had brain cancer and Wakefield's wife Stacy had pancreatic cancer. Also, uh, Sunday, former NFL tight end Russ Francis died in a plane crash at 870 in Lake Placid, New York. Francis and, in a bit of irony, Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association Air Safety Institute Vice President Richard McSpatten, 
who was also killed, were flying a Cessna 177 out of Lake Placid when the aircraft experienced an emergency after takeoff. The attempt to return to the airport um, was uh, unsuccessful. They crashed into a ravine. That's sports. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 624-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, the Boise State Broncos are back home this weekend and back in Mountain West Play. As a matter of fact, uh, this is where we're going to find out Boise State can reach one of their main goals. They haven't had a good start to their season by, uh, I think, anybody's uh, hope or imagination starting the season uh, two and three. But now we get into the heart yeah, the of the news, rest of the season. The good news is all three are non-conference. Yeah. And here's the other good news, and people seem to forget that. I, I've got to get off social media after a Boise State game um, because I don't know who they, they want to be there but they i mean reading it this weekend it's like they want the coaches all fired they want Taylor green benched keep in mind just uh last year they wanted hank bachmeyer benched they got their wish now they want Taylor green benched and they want all the defense benched i don't know who you think is left over to play and i get it madsen uh you know read a uh, let a furious comeback there but there's a difference when you're sitting there playing against a prevent defense that is allowing you to pretty much yeah. complete passes in, as long as it's in front of you. Short and mid-range? Yeah. All you want. All you want. Go ahead. We, you haven't got time to score enough times to, to win. I, I get it. But um, the, the idiocracy of, of some people just amaze me. They forget, number one, this is a very young team. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best players on the team are all freshmen and sophomores. Um, you, you've got a very young team. Um, this is the third year. It's it, you're starting to see now, beginning this year and next year. This will be Avalos's team that he has recruited. The other thing that you've got to look at this this team has never been out of any game except for one, and every team that's played that team, Washington, I'm talking about, has been out of the game. Yeah, Washington's good. Yeah, this year. Washington has blown everybody out. Not just Boise State. The other two games um, were decided. By less than seven points total. Mm-hmm. So you haven't been blown out by two very good teams. You know you were you were in in contention. It, it's just weird to see you know people. And I get it. You you want to see them win. So do I. Um, but for crying out loud, give them a chance. <laughs> it's like Prater like, last night was on X, you know, formerly Twitter, mm-hmm. and because uh, people were calling for. Uh, the coach to be replaced, and Brader says, "With who? Yeah, with, or <laughs> with whom? I guess with whom? And where do you get the money? Because I mean, he's got what three years, two, three years left on his contract, something like that. Yeah. So it's not like he's he's just going to hey, we want you to quit. Okay, see ya. He's had on, and on on paper that team should have beaten Boise State by a lot more than three. Yeah, and, and I get it. You're upset because they, Boise State was up seventeen points. At one point, seventeen yeah. to nothing, um, and then there was a couple of mistakes. That, the, in my um, in my personal opinion, I think that whole game the was, was could be predicated on one play. That was the block field goal. Right. That was a ten a minimum ten point turnaround, a possible fourteen yeah. point turnaround in one play, and also a giant bummer. Yeah. Uh, the two teams that that I root for, the college team I root for, 
was ahead 17 nothing and lost by three. The pro team I root for was ahead 17 nothing <laughs> and lost by three. Uh, yeah, you didn't have a good weekend. And my my weekend will end tonight because the Seattle Seahawks take on the New York Giants mm-hmm. in New York. Um, so uh, the, I'm keeping my the, fingers crossed that they can be 3-1 and one after tonight. And the Mariners were the uh, yeah, don't bring that up, odd team out in the American League playoffs. Yeah, that was very upsetting. Yeah, well. KBOI News Time, 627. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The odds of winning the Powerball are 1 in 292,201,338. In fact, you have a better chance of being hit by a meteorite than winning the Powerball. You have a better chance of becoming a movie star and winning an Oscar. We're winning an Olympic gold medal. We're hitting a hole in one and winning the Masters. You actually have a better chance of becoming an astronaut and walking on the moon. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> yeah! That's why we play, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I got my tickets. Uh, no, didn't win anything either. Uh, the jackpot, Powerball jackpot for tonight's drawing Estimated to be at $1.04 billion. It'll probably be higher than that because when you get up over a billion, lots more people start playing. $478.2 million cash value after no ticket matched all the winning numbers. By the way, um, I heard this over the weekend. Your chances of dying while in line purchasing a Powerball is Are, higher than if wow. than, than buying that's, uh, and winning a, a That's practically jackpot, depressing. Isn't it? <laughs> so the drawing happening uh, once again tonight, eight fifty nine. Yeah, the one thing I will say um, that you improve your chances of winning by about one percent if you purchase a ticket. <laughs> See, that's where I've gone wrong so far. I keep forgetting to do that. <laughs> well, and, and and your chances of winning are are just a little bit worse, not right. much than right. than my chances, even though uh, I purchased twenty dollars worth of tickets over the weekend. Um, I didn't realize there are a lot of different ways. I knew that if you matched five white balls, you win a million dollars. If you match four white balls plus the power ball, you win $50,000. There's some other ways that I didn't realize. That would be the heartbreaking one. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't win a million. I won 50,000. 50,000, and I just missed one ball. 50,000 can make up for a lot of heartache. If you match four white balls, you get 100 bucks. Yeah. Three white balls and the power ball, 100 bucks. If you match three white balls, you get seven dollars. Yeah, I mean, there's it really, like, it really goes. There's down. literally like twenty other ways that you can win, which I didn't realize. Like you can, you match four white balls plus the power ball with the power play. That's two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> match four, three mm-hmm. white balls, power ball with the power play. That's four hundred dollars. I didn't mm-hmm. realize there were so many different ways that you could win because I literally have never you won can, any money. You can power play the million too. Yeah. Which, which could get you ten times the uh, up to ten times the amount. So yeah, there's a lot of different ways to win. But uh, if you want to take part, this is the you, you fourth right, though, largest the Powerball in history. You're right th- about the sales because when it hits a billion, even the multimillionaires are interested. <laughs> yeah. They're like you know, I I know, I know, I worked hard to get all my current money, but this is a billion dollars we're talking about. KVOI News Time seven forty five. Time for another check on what's going on with sports. Once again, this morning brought to you by our good friends at Pork Belly in Cuna. Man, if you want delicious breakfast, delicious lunch, and lots of it, find out what everybody's talking about. Pork Belly, downtown Cuna. They're opening up in 15 minutes. 
The Boise State women's soccer team wrapped up its two-match homestand with a 4-1 victory over Colorado Strait Sunday afternoon at the Boaz Soccer Complex. That's Colorado State. Four different Broncos scored goals. Junior midfielder Sophie Drown knocked in a header with an assist from junior forward Kenzie McMillan. Then freshman forward Cindy Connor scored on a distance kick. In the second half, junior forward Carly Cross kicked in a throw-in from junior defender Eva Vale. Then freshman forward Olivia Collins ripped a shot into the back of the net with an assist from senior midfielder Morgan Padour. Senior goaltender Genevieve Crenshaw had six saves for Boise State. The Broncos are undefeated in their last nine matches. Boise State next plays at San Diego State Thursday. There are only two remaining undefeated teams in the NFL. Sunday, the Bills knocked off the previously unbeaten Dolphins 48-20. The Eagles are 4-0 after Jake Elliott kicked a 54-yard field goal in overtime to beat Washington 34-31. And the 49ers are also 4-0. They beat Arizona 35-16. In the late game, the Jets came from 17 points behind but lost to Kansas City 23-20. On Monday Night Football, the Seahawks traveled to New York to play the Giants. That game will be televised on ABC, not ESPN, starting at 6 p.m. at Sports. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Back to work, Monday morning, 7.07, 50 degrees in downtown Boise. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700. Hound 670 on your Verizon Wireless as we get underway with our uh, show today. Uh, Some of the things that uh, we're going to be talking uh, about here for the first week of October. Um, Trump's trial begins today. Which one? Uh, The one on fraud in New York City. Gotcha. So that trial gets underway. There is talk that uh, Donald Trump may even, he's going to be, they said that he's going to be in court, uh, but that uh, he may be taking the stand during this trial. I was even surprised to hear that he would be there. Uh, Congress voted to avert a shutdown of the federal government over the weekend. Uh, Well, they they didn't necessarily vote to uh, avert the shutdown. Um, they basically um, kick, postponed it for kick, 45 days. Kick is all the can down the road again? Yeah, hoping to, within that 45 days, allow them enough time to work out details and right. work out a deal. Because, you know, they were so productive the past 45 days. Yeah. The judge's ruling said Trump was living in a fantasy world, and it's already threatening to wrest from Trump's control some of his prized assets, including his signature skyscraper, Trump Tower on Fifth Avenue where he rode the golden escalator to announce his first run for president. The trial will help the judge determine how much Trump has to pay in penalties. The state has asked for $250 million. By the way, uh, this is the same judge who last week became a uh, appraiser and said that Donald Trump's properties were not worth anything close to what he said that they were worth. Kind of like everybody else says, too. Well, not really. Uh, actual real estate agents and appraisers said that his property in Mar-a-Lago was worth way more than the eighteen million or twenty-six million dollars that the but, judge says it was worth. But way less than the one billion that Eric Trump said it was. Yeah. Worth. yeah. Uh, well, and that was his his, his claim on Twitter. Um, that wasn't how much that they said it was worth in, in their paperwork. And 
at this point, I mean, it's hard to tell what the property is worth. Um, they've got a two-acre piece of property right now selling for $150 million. So take, and they, by the way, that's just property, undeveloped. There's no house. There's nothing on it. It $150 million. Mar-a-Lago's 40 acres of developed property with a hotel, with a club, with a golf course on it. So, I mean, even if you take undeveloped property selling for $150 million for two acres, I mean, just just take that times two and then try to figure out what the hotel and, and the golf course is worth. So, I think you can say very easily that Mar-a-Lago is worth way more than $26 million. Uh, the other thing, this... It's interesting just to, to see everything that happened on Sunday with keeping the government going. So Congress averted to stop, uh, voted to avert the shutdown, um, delayed at least for 45 days. So we'll be looking at this. My question to you, if you want to in call in this morning. Six and a half weeks. Yeah. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, what do you think? When do you think a deal will be done? It's not a scientific question. Do you think this goes up to five days again? Where we're in six weeks, we're going to go, oh, five more days and we have a government shutdown. Or do you <laughs> think they can actually come to a deal between them? Mm, I'm going to go with the former. It'll probably be uh, the night before, like this time. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I, I kind of tend to agree with you. Um, there was also more shenanigans uh, in Congress this weekend uh, ahead of that vote. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy called a last-minute vote. Democrats were trying to delay this. Then all of a sudden, a fire alarm went off, evacuating a House office building. Congressman Jamal Bowman, a Democrat, was caught on camera pulling that fire alarm. He says this was all an innocent mistake, but that's prompting even more confusion. The fire alarm is red. It is clearly labeled with the word fire. And now Capitol Police is investigating is that so apparently democrats wanted to slow down the vote because well, at least one of them did they, they didn't hadn't, feel they hadn't, they hadn't read the 71 page right. uh, they they didn't feel yet. 45 minutes was enough to read the 71 <laughs> so here was here was the problem though they had to make the vote before midnight or the government officially shut down so they 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 were allowed you know through procedural ways to slow down the vote. Um, however, the the excuse of oh he thought this was the button to open up a door to get in for his vote just looks stupid now. And at first they said that well you know he didn't do it, but then video of course showed him doing it. And then you, you have pictures of the fire alarm that say fire right across it. So why do you think that that a, a, a door opener that says fire, it, it just makes no sense. Yeah, and that's what I said when uh, when I heard that he reported it as an accident. How how does one accidentally pull, pull a, fire a fire alarm? Because yeah. I, I don't know what this one looked like. I haven't seen, but most of them you have to lift up, you know, a, a, a plastic uh, cover mm-hmm. and then pull the thing. Pull, yeah. Um, this one, it... it says fire alarm right across it in the picture that I saw yesterday. Uh, it says fire. I mean, there's. He should have said it's he was not just, ambiguous. He was so tired from the negotiations that he just couldn't see straight. <laughs> At least it kind of goes away. But you know, this is this is one of those things that's like, oh, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is it's against the law, and you have a congressman 
breaking the law in Congress, trying to say, well, he did. It was all an accident. If you're you're like, what law does he break? Well, number one, you're not allowed to pull a fire alarm unless there's a fire. Unless there's a fire. Number two, you are also interrupting official business of Congress, which is against the law, as people who have gone to jail on yeah. January sixth have found out. Paul in Nampa, good morning, listening on six seventy AM. Good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. I find it a little ironic that he did that. You could you could say a number of things. One is he's a smoker and you can't smoke inside government buildings, so he decided to take the short way instead of going all the way around <laughs> to go have a cigarette, which I've seen people do things like that before. Once um, again, still illegal. Yeah, and stupid. <laughs> you know, just because they're lawmakers doesn't make them smart people. Thank you for the, yeah. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wires. If you're wondering uh, how Idaho's senators and congressmen voted on this, uh, we'll tell you about that uh, coming up here in just a little bit. Might not surprise you, uh, but they all didn't vote the same way. Uh, we'll get to that even though they're all Republicans. We'll get to that for you coming up here in just a little bit, too. Right now, let's get a check on what's going on with sports. Once again this morning, it is brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. They are open, as they are every day, seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Get in for a delicious breakfast. Don't forget their drive through coffee drive through uh, also open. don't have to get out of your car. you got to get that coffee or energy drink on your way to work. Stop by the drive through It's quick and easy. Playoff baseball begins Tuesday with the wild card round. Seattle was the odd team out over the weekend in the American League, missing the playoffs by just one game. Just barely missing in the National League were the Reds, Padres, and Cubs. On Tuesday, the Rangers meet the Rays at 1 p.m. The Blue Jays face the Twins at 2.30. The Diamondbacks play at Milwaukee at 5. And the Marlins take on the Phillies at 6. The teams already advancing to the division series, which start on Saturday, are Atlanta, the Dodgers, Baltimore, and Houston. In the new Associated Press Top 25 college football poll, Fresno State is the only ranked team from the Mountain West Conference. They made number 24. Air Force also received seven votes in the poll, which would be good for 31st. This week's top 10 are Georgia, Michigan, Texas, Ohio State, Florida State, Penn State, Washington, Oregon, Southern Cal, and Notre Dame. That's sports. Wake up informed. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10. Casper and Chris. News Talk. KBOI. This is because historically, fourth quarter, um, we usually see much better quarter, especially uh, September is historically the worst month for uh, stocks. However, here we are the first day of October and trading, and uh, the Dow futures ahead of the open down 73 points as of right now. Yeah, there's always potential for a fourth quarter comeback, and this first offensive drive is uh, not looking particularly good. It's like false start, so to speak. They, with the government shutdown being averted, there was a little bit of lift in futures market that has certainly waned, where we're uh, relatively flat. So, I mean, September was a lousy month. The S&P 500 fell nearly 5%. You have the NASDAQ and the Russell 2000. The Russell 2000 is representative of your more small, the mid-cap companies. Uh, those 
both both of those indexes shed it close to six percent for the month. So yeah, September was a was a rough month, but can this third quarter's pain be our fourth quarter gain? Now, if we go back since to night, we go back to nineteen ninety and the eleven years when the stock market fell in the third quarter. The S and P five hundred has rebounded with a gain in the subsequent subsequent fourth quarter nine times. So out of the past eleven years, if we've seen a drop nine times, mm. we've seen uh, the fourth quarter show an impressive return that averages about 10.6% in the final three months of the year. So again, uh, there's no script for financial markets, but historically, the fourth quarter has seen positive returns, particularly after a third quarter decline, which we saw. And we're going to see this getting started this week. We have jobs reports that uh, we have the ADP private payrolls report that will be released on Thursday. Then we have the September jobs report that will be released Friday. And investors are going to be paying very close attention to this because we're starting to see some pockets of the economy starting to slow down. So when we start to see these numbers reflect into these bigger economic data points, then the markets will likely react favorably because then they're going to be looking at the response from our central bank. So the clear... What all eyes are on right now is interest rates and what our central bank is going to do in response to this data. And we're going to get more of that data starting this week. And by the way, we're also going to get earnings reports starting to roll through about halfway through the month for the previous third quarter. So it's going to be a busy quarter. Lots of things going on. We have student loan repayments turning back on. But for now, futures markets are a little bit flat. I think I think things will be kind of muted uh, until we actually see these jobs report numbers coming through. And if they're meeting expectations, below expectation, expectations or above expectations, and if we get another hot jobs number like we've seen in the past where employment is still strong, uh, I don't think the market's going to react favorably because we already saw a big pricing adjustment uh, based on what the market was inspect, expecting and then quickly quickly changing the course after what the, resp- what the comments were made by our central bank. So now market are anticipating rates to stay higher for longer, and they're hopeful that we're going to see some data that shows that the central bank won't need to stay as aggressive. They can take their foot off the gas pedal and and maybe bring rates down a little bit. All right. We'll keep an eye on things, get a couple more updates uh, from you throughout the day, and then talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Did you uh, watch any of the uh, Toy Story NFL game between Atlanta and Jacksonville? No, I forgot to get up in the morning. You should uh, look at look up. It, it was pretty interesting because mm-hmm. I I saw, um, and I didn't watch the game myself either. I but I saw side by side the actual play and broadcast of the game, and then they you see the broadcast <laughs> of the Toy Story mm-hmm. game and. Not realistic looking, but they got it perfect. It, it, the technology that they have come to, the fact that they can do this so quickly and have it done and, and posted that fast is is pretty amazing. Yeah. And it almost makes uh, having computers worthwhile. It was it was interesting to look. So if if you missed if you missed watching the Disney Toy Story version of the Atlanta Falcons Jacksonville game, uh, look it up. It it, it was. It was pretty uh, interesting. Um, speaking of technology, the Sphere opened up this weekend oh, in yeah. Las Vegas. Wow, did saw, you see that? I saw uh, Aaron uh, Paul put a bunch of stuff on uh, Instagram because he was there along with Brian Cranston. <laughs> they're always they're always somewhere pushing their you know, their mm-hmm. tequila, 
And, uh, oh, my goodness, it was just the coolest thing in the world. And, of course, U2 is in residence there. Yeah, uh, that that was the uh, concert that they yeah. had this weekend. And I know for a fact that the video that we saw does not do justice to what the people yeah. that were in the sphere. But I was blown away just looking at the video, 18, not being in the sphere. There were 18,000 seats in there. A huge, but I mean, it just it can look like the atmosphere can look like anything because you know the um, it, it's it's sort of like the technology they used on the uh, what the, the Fremont Street experience only take that and like times it by a hundred. Yeah, because you're actually in it because the sphere surrounds you, so it's yeah. surround video. Um, the one that I thought was just, there were two of them in the videos that I saw this weekend. They were absolutely amazing. Uh, the desert shot mm-hmm. when you two started playing, uh, one of their songs and the sun was rising. So it got brighter as the concert went on, but you, it looks like you are sitting out in the middle of the desert right. with you two and a concert just starts taking off. That was amazing. I don't know how they do it to make it look so seamless. The other one, uh, the optical illusion, I don't know if you saw that one, that looked like the ceiling was coming down on top of you. Mm-hmm. Did you see that one? I did. And I I mean, it looks like if you're under, there's no way you wouldn't be ducking. My, my favorite, I don't know if you saw it, but it was when they went to, it, it looked like you were right in the middle of a very cluttered toy shop or something like that. Yeah. Just, I mean, just yeah. decorations everywhere. It, it It's really, and I thought the outside was cool. But, well, yeah, it is too. Um, Except they're having a problem with traffic because... <laughs> Apparently, people keep rear-ending each other while they're looking at it. <laughs> well, do you have like one video I saw last week as the sun was coming up in Las Vegas, and there's a road that runs by it, and here's the big sphere, mm-hmm. and it's a big ball, yeah, and, and it's a like a person waking up. Exactly. It yawns. It looks up at and the sun, had, and it then it a, looks down yeah, at the it, traffic it that's big, coming. It was and like, I'm like a, oh my god! It was god. like a big eyeball. Yeah. And then sometimes it looks like the Earth, you know, floating around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's, it's like a cool. globe that's going around. But when you're going down the road, basically, it's a big thing that says, look at me, look at me. I'll tell you what, it sure gives um, new meaning to a concert experience, you know, for, oh, yeah. for whoever's going to do concerts. There were people there. Um, on Twitter slash X last night who uh, had had seen it and said that they, they sort of feel like they've been ripped off at every concert they've ever <laughs> been to up till that point. I, I can see it. I can see it. And, I mean, U2 is an expensive ticket anyway. Gosh, what can they charge now? Because you're getting more than just them. You're getting the visual experience, too. I saw them like 25 years ago, and it cost 120 bucks. KBOI Newstime, 745. Time for a final check on what's going on with sports this morning with Chris. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Uh, get out today. Great place to go. Uh, th- their meats, for instance. They they smoke, slow roast their meats, uh, pulled pork, things like that, up to 11 hours. And that's the type of stuff that you get when you go to Pork Belly. This isn't just stuff bought off the rack. Find out why everybody's talking about Pork Belly, downtown Cuna. couple of uh, obituaries in major sports, former Major League Baseball pitcher Tim Wakefield died Sunday at age 57 from brain cancer. Wakefield won 200 games in the majors. He was a knuckleball specialist who played 19 seasons, two with Pittsburgh and 17 with Boston. Wakefield was part of the Red Sox team that won the World Series in 2004, but missed the 2007 series with a shoulder injury. He had intended to keep his diagnosis of uh, cancer private, 
but former Red Sox teammate Kurt Schilling announced on his podcast in September, without seeking permission first, that Wakefield had brain cancer and Wakefield's wife Stacy had pancreatic cancer. Uh, also Sunday, former NFL tight end Russ Francis died in a plane crash at age 70 in Lake Placid, New York. Francis and... Uh, in, in a bit of irony, Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association Air Safety Institute Vice President Richard McSpadden, who was also killed, were flying a Cessna 177 out of Lake Placid when the aircraft experienced an emergency after takeoff. They attempted to return to the airport but crashed into a ravine. The Boise State men's tennis team on Sunday concluded four days of competition at the ITA Mountain Regional in Colorado Springs. Sophomore Yip Van Ossen Delft reached the singles quarterfinals after winning his first three matches but lost to Jack Barnett of BYU Saturday. Junior James Van Herzeel qualified for the singles round of 16 with wins in his first two matches, then lost to Daniel Sancho Arbizu of the University of Denver. Junior Jet Middleton and senior Caden Mortot played each other in the singles consolation semifinal. Middleton won 6-2-7-6. In doubles, Van Herzeel and Mortot reached the consolation quarterfinals, where they were eliminated by BYU's Jack Barnett again and Red Owen. Up next for the Broncos men's tennis team is the Idaho State Invite. That's this Friday through Sunday in Pocatello, and that's sports. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. At a press conference Thursday afternoon, Bolton said the Boise School District placed her on administrative leave and is investigating allegations against her of undermining colleagues and academic programs, spreading misinformation to students and staff, manipulating students, harassing colleagues, and preying upon vulnerable youth. The district has confirmed Bolton was placed on leave for those reasons. However, Bolton alleges that she was placed on leave after assisting a student with a mandatory report of a sexual assault. CBS 2 reports Bolton claims she helped several students by reporting such instances, and the Boise School District has not acted in good faith to investigate or even assist the students who have made the claims. Bolton and others at the press conference announced that they have met with a lawyer and are taking steps towards opening a class action lawsuit against the school district. Such a strange story. How so? A lot of he said, she said. People are, uh, students, parents, still not happy um, that she has been suspended. And the school says she's been suspended for one reason. She says, claims that she's been suspended for another reason. And it took, what? three weeks for any transparency at all for this story that broke about three weeks ago to even start to come out. Assuming any really has. Reached out to uh, Laura Bolton, who is the uh, teacher who has been suspended, to try and see if she'd be willing to uh, come on air with us. I did get a response uh, over the weekend. says, thank you for reaching out to me. I appreciate your concern and wanting to lend time to my story and that of my students. We are very grateful for your organization. My community of students and families welcome the opportunity to speak regarding the violations of the Boise School District has committed against its children. I have several victims and their families willing to step up to the microphone. However, at this time, I choose to refrain from speaking about my specific situation for a number of reasons. 
My priorities are my students who have uh, been victimized, ensuring their future safety and helping them seek justice. My career and saving my job are not important to me right now. More importantly, there are several legal considerations that I must keep in mind regarding the culmination of these victims' future chances of justice. Local and federal law enforcement are now involved in the investigations of my district's wrongdoings, and I will not impede their efforts by further distracting the public with my suspension. I choose to focus the attention where it truly matters, matters on the children who have been hurt by the, uh, by my employers. I hope this response is one that does not disappoint you and that you will consider featuring my students and their families on your show. I will happily accompany these individuals should they want me to, uh, to speak up on your show. Please let me know what you think and feel free to reach out to me directly. Uh, Again, thank you so much for your care and support. Two and a half minutes of uh, thank you. No. Laura Bolton, once again, teacher. Um, So I have reached back and said, yeah, I would like to talk to some of the parents uh, of the children to get their take on it. Um, Yeah, Laura, I I appreciate and understand your thoughts on why you don't want to be on the air with us. Uh, but yeah, I am frustrated and <laughs> kind of hope that we got to talk to you uh, directly. But uh, I guess I, I understand why you don't because there are uh, legalities involved in this as of right now. And uh, granted, you haven't been in this situation charged with anything, but it's one of those situations where it's like it's usually best to remain silent because anything you can and will say, even if it's on the radio, could yeah. be used against her in the future in some way, shape, or form. So, um, yeah, there, there are apparently two sides to this, and you've got people taking sides, parents one side, the other side. You've got the school district, of course, and they're not saying a whole lot at this point either, um, other than some of the official statements that they have uh, put out. So we'll continue to uh, try and uh, get some more information uh, on this from the Boise School District uh, going forward. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. For most borrowers, your balance should be about the same as when the pause started. And that's because until last month, interest rates were frozen at 0%. If you are looking for relief, there is a one-year grace period where if you miss a payment, you will not be held delinquent. But, and this is important, interest will still keep adding up during that time at the rate that you locked in before the pause. So you want to try to make a payment now if you can. So for those of you who had taken the last three years off because you didn't have to pay your uh, student loans during that time, you were given a reprieve. Today begins when you have to start paying those student loans back. Good news. You don't have to figure out what to do with your money anymore. (laughs) The interesting part about this is, you know, how many people did not pay anything over the last three years. Now, granted, I get it. You didn't have to. Well, they thought they were going to end up paying nothing, you know, at any time. And I I get that part, you know, because you you would probably think, well, boy, I look stupid. I paid $300 a month for the last three years so that I could get almost $10,000 that I had paid back because that's what most people are going to get, the $10,000 or or, or $20,000 for those people um, who got a specific type of loan uh, forgiven. Uh, but now, not anywhere close to the number of people that uh, Biden had originally wanted because the Supreme Court said, uh-uh-uh, it's illegal to do that. So um, 
people start paying their loans back today. I get the part where you think, hey, why do I why would I want to pay some of my loans back when I think Biden is going to just mm. wash away all of the mm-hmm. money that I owe back? Here's what you could have done and it would have done the same thing. Instead of instead of paying it back on the off chance that you might have gotten that ten thousand in forgiveness, put the three hundred dollars a month away in a bank account drawing interest. And that way you would look smart either way. If Biden, <laughs> if Biden comes back and said, hey, we're forgiving everything, you've got an extra $10,000 sitting in your bank. If Biden didn't forgive loans or wasn't able to because it was illegal, you've got $10,000 in your bank to now pay that down and not bitch about it. Because now, oh my gosh, I, I have to start paying again. Mm-hmm. That's the upsetting part about this thing is... is you could have been paying this down or had the money right now because you weren't required to pay it for the last three years. I mean, assuming you had enough to pay it down in the first place. You were going to have to pay it down in the first place no matter what. You just got a three-year reprieve or default because of COVID. Yeah. But they don't let you default on government loans. You are eventually going to have to pay them back. Mm-hmm. You cannot default on a government student loan. You're not allowed. So eventually... Some way, somehow, someday, you're going to have to pay that loan unless you die. I guess there is a way out. You can you can die. Or if you're really good at it, you know, fake your own death. But that's been tried that, before, right? That can be so inconvenient. Yeah. Like at Christmas. <laughs> so when you hear you, people you end, seriously, you end up getting nothing. When you hear people today complaining, you know, that, oh my gosh, I gotta start paying my loans. It's like what were you doing before three years ago? You were you were paying your loans three years ago. This you had a three year reprieve. Mm-hmm. I stopped because they told me that I may never have to pay again. And I thought to myself, that's a chance worth taking. Yeah. Hey, uh, trust me, I have a I have a kid who did the same thing. Right. And I asked him, I go, why aren't you paying this down right now? He goes, because I think Biden's going to forgive my loan. I go, that's the only reason. I go, you have the money to pay it. He does. He, he, he and his wife make enough money. He, he, can, he could have paid off. He could mm-hmm. have it have paid off by now, right now. They actually what, make enough money. They could have paid their loan what, off. What he didn't anticipate is that the final verdict would be, I do forgive you, but you still have to pay back your loan. <laughs> but I'm not mad. But that, I mean, and he has the same feeling that a lot of people, and I mentioned it. It's like, why are, why are you not paying this down while you have the money to do it now? You have no interest being charged on it for three years. They, they shut off the interest, so there's no interest. I go, you could have this paid off for free. And his, his answer was because I think Biden is going to forgive yeah. the loan, so why do he I want to give the government more money than I you, would need to? You hit the nail on the head. He didn't pay it back because he had no interest in doing so. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it's quite maddening. To tell you the truth, uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in, you can email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Uh, some of the emails uh, to get to that we've got in uh, through this morning, it says, what do you mean Trump trial? We've already seen this as just a Trump-hating man who unfortunately has been given judicial authority and is gleefully wielding that power against a family he despises without any actual justice being involved. Thankfully, there is a God, and he is just. He sees all, and he is the final judge. All will give uh, an accounting of their actions, including unjust judges. Um, I meant the trial because the actual trial does begin mm-hmm. today. 
whether you and, like it and or it, like the call it a also, trial or not. It's also actually a trial. Yeah. Um, so that trial is beginning today. You may not like, you know, what the judge has already done out, in the case. Yeah, you can go outside and shout at a cloud, and it's going to be just as effective. Uh, another email, Mike at KBOI.com. Any financial guy wishing for an employment rate to drop and for the economy to cool is evil. Those aren't just meaningless numbers. They represent people's financial lives. He's pushing for suffering. He should be pushing for a more reasonable government and the dissolution of the Fed. What's wrong with this guy? We have inflation because of our government, not because of hardworking citizens. Look no further than Congress this week. Inflation reduces new wealth and products catch up to excess printed dollars. He's not wishing for it. He's telling you the reason why inflation and interest rates are going up. And this is coming straight from the Fed. Fed says because jobs are too hot right now that and if people have money from their jobs they're going to continue to spend it which continues the cycle of inflation going up. Mm-hmm. And the Fed has actually said that it says until the job market slows down they don't see a clear path to stopping interest rates from being raised to once again slow down the economy from hyperinflation. That, that's not our financial guy wishing for it. He's giving you the actual information that has come out from the Fed. They want to get the inflation rate down to 2%. What are we at now, between 3 and 4%? Something like that. Yeah, the goal is 2%. So it's, it's still too high. And most of that reason why you're going to see an increase is because people have money to spend. And until people start cutting back, interest rates are going to go up. Now, maybe you're happy with 7 8% interest on your home or... 12% on your car or 26% on your credit card. I, for one, am not uh, happy. And I don't want to no. see people lose their jobs. Yeah. But hey, I do. 26% on the credit card? Yeah. 26%. That is not a good credit card. No. Um, by gosh, if you put money on your credit card right now, you better pay, be paying it off every month or it's a ridiculous amount of interest to pay. KBOI News Time is uh, 8.13. We'll take a break. Coming back, we have our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. $50 gift certificate for free food for you today. Uh, we'll do that right after Bronco Sports today. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. It is brought to you as usual by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. If you're looking for help in real estate needs, they have offices across the Treasure Valley. Office, uh, they also have real estate agents that are licensed in Octor- uh, Ontario and Oregon and beyond. They also have offices in Sun Valley and Idaho Falls to help you out. Call today, 208-888-4128. All right. Chase is going to get first crack at our question today. We have a $50 gift certificate to uh, Bonefish Grill for you, Chase. This man became president of the United States with the biggest popular vote margin in U.S. presidential history. Which president was it? James Monroe. <clears throat> that is a uh, good guess. That is not it. Keep trying. Uh, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Let's go, Brandon. Brandon, this hey, man became... Say, uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt. Uh, another good guess. Not it. Mm. Keep trying. 208-336-3700. Let's go to uh, Richie. Richie, this man became president of the US, United States with the biggest popular vote margin in U.S. presidential election history. Which president was it? 
It is Warren Harding. Warren Harding is it. Yeah. 26.17% margin over James Cox in 1920. Congratulations. Richie, you've got a $50 gift to get to Bonefish Grill. Hey, hang on the line, all right? All right, we're going to give away $50 Bonefish Grill gift certificates all this week, so make sure you're listening in 8 o'clock hour every day for our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. We are not done by a long shot with winning yet today. We still have the play of the game. Bronco Monday is coming up next. Bob Beeler will be with us after news at the bottom of the hour, coming up in about half an hour. Do you know what the play of the game was from the game against Memphis State? If you do, it could get you a $50 gift certificate. Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. Once again, chance for you to get that uh, from Land Ocean. And coming up after 9 o'clock, text and win your tickets to the Boise State Broncos game. Uh, Once again, the home uh, Mountain West game coming up this coming Saturday. You can be there for free. Listen for your chance to text and win. Don't do it now. Listen in at 9 o'clock. We'll tell you when exactly right after 9 o'clock here on News Talk KBOI. This is Bronco Monday. The ball is caught for a Bronco touchdown. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and discuss the upcoming schedule. Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob, Bob Beeler. On your flagship for Bronco football, News Talk, KBOI. 8.38, it is Bronco Monday. Once again, Bob Beeler, and uh, not near as much fun on Bronco Monday, talking uh, after uh, a loss. Um, you, and I, you and I and Chris were just talking off air, and Chris and I earlier this morning were talking on air uh, about the minuscule differences between being 4-1 and one right now where we're at, and even between four and one and one and four, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, you look at three games that they've played: Memphis on the road, San Diego State on the road, and UCF at home. You literally could change one play mm-hmm. in each of those three games and change the result. Yeah. So on the bright side, you could be four and one. On the sad side, you could be one and four, <laughs> and you really wouldn't have any appreciably better or worse team. Just because you changed one play and the outcome was different, and on the almost as sad but not quite side, we're two and three. You, yeah, yeah you, you you would add four and one, even though you're the same team. Mm-hmm. You're just as you have the same strengths, the same weaknesses. You have a four and one record. Mm-hmm. You would just have a bunch of idiots on social media not calling for the uh, yeah. coaches to be fired and everybody on the defense to be benched and the quarterback to be benched. And yeah. I mean, and that here's the other thing. And Chris and I were talking about this earlier this morning is that you you look at this team and they've only been thoroughly dominated by one team and that one team has thoroughly dominated everybody they've played. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Washington. Washington, yeah. They have not been dominated by any team that they've played so far. And th- you're talking, especially with Memphis and UCF, those are two good teams. They are. Memphis is sitting at 4-1. and one. Um, UCF, I believe, is also 4-1. and one. Uh, they lost only to Kansas State, unless I missed what they did this week. They may have lost this weekend, I think. They did their Yeah, I think two. they did lose this Now weekend. they're without their quarterback. The quarterback at UCF got hurt at the end of our yes. game, and I don't know that he's played. I don't think he's played since. Um, and again, you know, Memphis had a lot of good things. I liked their running back. I thought their quarterback was solid. I thought their defensive line, you know, while they didn't get many sacks, I thought their defensive line was as tough against the run as any defensive line I've seen. I mean, Washington would take their defensive line. Uh, Genty in the 
first half was yeah. 12 carries for 31 yards. Getting a yard here, two yards there. Yeah, and he had five or six plays where he was lucky to get back to the line of scrimmage. Um, their defensive line was really, really good. Uh, one of the statistics, or actually two of them, that I thought was really kind of odd that I never would have guessed, and it played out because Memphis won. Memphis has now won 26 of the last 27 non-conference home games. Wow. Only three teams since 2014 have won more home games than Memphis. And it's really not a good home field advantage. Place was maybe 40% full, but only Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State have won more home games since 2014 than Memphis. Memphis has won the, the fourth most. And how about their head football coach? He has won 19 and lost four in the four-plus years he's been there at home. He's 4-12 and 12 on the road. Wow. <laughs> Quite a big difference. And I, I'm glad because I was going to ask you, uh, in some of the pictures that I saw, uh, it didn't look like that stadium was even half full. No, it was not. It was not. And it was, you know, a lot of people sat up underneath the press box areas because it was very hot. Kickoff was in the 90s. They claimed there was 30,000, which would have been their largest crowd of the season. They seat 56,000. They are hoping to have a complete renovation of the stadium. And my guess is, looking at the stadium, they're going to try to make it be nicer and they'll drop the capacity, right. would be my guess. Um, by the way, uh, Baylor did beat UCF this weekend, 36-35. to 35. <laughs> However, uh, UCF had a 35-7 to 7 lead in the third Ooh, quarter. Oh, my. Ooh. Leads are not safe. No, not in this day and age. Yeah. You know, Boise State was up 17 nothing, and, you know, UCF, excuse me, Memphis came back, got two touchdowns right before the half. And then the third quarter was scoreless, and you know the turning point I thought was the block field goal for a touchdown. And, and it's it's pretty interesting, um, you know, because and I listened to the the first and part of the second quarter to you, um, and then got when I got home I got to watch the the whole game, um, and, and it was interesting to watch the defense, especially the defensive backfield. They did a really good job in that first quarter, and then all of a sudden, it's like. Those same things that got closed down and you saw playing good against started to open up a little bit as the game goes on. I don't know if that has to do with the heat um, uh, and getting tired or what, but I thought they did a really, really good job in the first quarter on the defensive back end, yeah. but then in the in the third and fourth quarter, they just couldn't stop them anymore. Yeah, and again, maybe with some adjustments by Memphis too. So yeah. you got to give Memphis some credit because uh, their quarterback got hot and started to play well. We'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll hear from the coach. It's Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler with us once again. It's 843. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk KBOI. 854. Bob Beeler with us once again. Bronco Monday talking uh, about the upcoming game now against San Jose State. What can we expect out of San Jose State? Well, I think... San Jose State's going to present a good quarterback. And they've got a really good receiver in Nick Nash, who used to be a quarterback, but now he's a wide receiver. Hmm. And, uh, Seems to be something good, that has uh, been given the Broncos problems all year, okay. right? And they've <laughs> you know scored 28 points a game, which is about what Boise State has scored. They're plus three on the turnover. You think, oh, you're plus on the turnover. That's got to help. But no, they're one and four. Again, two tough games, USC, Oregon State to start. and They've been kind of been behind the eight ball. But if I'm somebody that's looking at San Jose State's defense, they've given up 33 points a game, and I know Boise State's given them 31. They've given up an average of over 200 yards on the ground 
an average of over five yards a carry. I think Ashton Genty could have a big game. No, it still looks like um, the cream of the crop still looks like to be Fresno State and uh, Air Force. Air Force had a big uh, win this weekend over San Diego State, yeah. forty-nine to ten. Fresno State beat Nevada as you would expect. I guess we're going to find out whether Fresno State's for real uh, this week. They take on uh, Wyoming, who also looks good. Yeah, Wyoming, UNLV are four and one. Both of those are better than expected. Air Force five and zero. Fresno State is five and zero. Fresno with the second longest winning streak in the country behind Georgia. Uh, only three games. Half the league is going to be on a bye this week. Uh, Fresno, Wyoming, San Jose, of course, is going to be here. And Colorado State's going to be at Utah State. So we'll know a little more, I think, about Fresno and Wyoming yeah. after this week's game. That game will be played at the exact same time as Boise State. So kind of have to check your phones if you want to see how that's going. <laughs> what else do you have uh, coming up this week? 7 o'clock Thursday night, we've got the Coaches Show. That's the case every Thursday, except for the last week of the season when Thursday's Thanksgiving. The show will move to Wednesday that week. And then 6 o'clock, that tells me that everything gets going at 1 on Saturday. All right. Look forward to it. Of course, uh, good seeing you again. We'll talk to you uh, again tomorrow. For Bronco Tuesday, do we know the uh, sport tomorrow? I believe it's volleyball. Volleyball's got two big home games this week, one of them with uh, Fresno State. And I believe it's going to be Sean Garrison, one of the players. All right. And they've been having a very successful uh, season, yes, too. Yes, they have. Very much so. All right. Uh, it is time. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Did you listen into the post game on uh, after the game? You know the play of the game. If you want to guess, you can try and do that, too. Um, but if you know the play of the game, it could pay off big time for you. We've got a $50 gift certificate to Land Ocean, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. First person to get it correct, you are the winner. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 906. There you go. You just heard the cue to text Broncos. That's all you have to do. Text the word Broncos to 208 336 3700. Texting only. You have this hour to uh, get your text in. We'll choose one person at random at the end of the hour to get those free Bronco tickets for uh, Friday and, or Saturday's game. And no, it's not better if you text Broncos GNR. It doesn't make any difference. No. <laughs> also, it doesn't help you to text more than once. Uh, looking ahead to the uh, weekend forecast, by the way, it should be a fantastic, much better than this past weekend. We're looking at uh, temperatures in the 70s, sunny during the day, so it should be a great day for football. Uh, and it should be dry, which is what everybody wants to see, and uh, fairly warm for this time of year. So get your tickets right now. Oh, text hasn't... the word Broncos. It hasn't been a, a dry stadium for three or four years now. Well, it depends on which time you go. <laughs> um, David, you're going to get the uh, crack here. We have our Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. First of all, David, did you listen in to the post game? On uh, Friday you know, night, I did, I did listen, but I didn't. I just listened for a while. I didn't. I missed what they claimed was the play of the game. But I listened to ball game and Trader for a while. But All right, so you're 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 gonna try and guess what the play of the game yeah, was from I'm, Saturday? I'm, yep. All right, I'm what going you... with uh, I'm going with uh, blocked field goal attempt and run back for a touchdown for Memphis. Uh, David, um, I I personally. I would go with you because I thought that was the play of the game. However, that was not the play of the game. Okay, that's all I can do. I, all right. I missed it. 
Hey, Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, congratulations for at least getting him through and trying. Oh, look, caller number two was going to go with that, too. Mm-hmm. We have people oh. guessing today. Uh, Beverly, that means uh, we go to you. What was the uh, play of the game from Saturday night? Mad Dog, oh, I'm sorry, Mad Dog's uh, touchdown pass to Genty. All right, let's see if that's it. Broncos have to have a touchdown here. 9.05 to go in the game. Trailing at 28-17. Madsen looking to throw over the middle. Ball caught by Genty at the 12. Inside the 10. Inside the 5. He scores. And Maddox Madsen leads the Broncos down the field. We've got a ball game again with 8.54 remaining. It's now Memphis 28, Boise State 23. See, see, see Bob needs to start every play with, we have to have a touchdown. Does that work? Congratulations, Beverly. That was the play of the game. Hang on the line. $50 gift certificate to Land Ocean is all yours. Hang on the line. That's the way it works. Uh, we'll do this again Monday, every Bronco Monday after a game. Uh, we give you a chance at the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. Um, and you can guess at it. Just like those two, but you have to be right. I, however, I will say, and you and I talked about this this morning, Chris, mm-hmm. I, I thought the play of the game, even yeah. though it was not a good one for Boise State, was that block kit because you were looking at a 10-point turnaround, um, maybe even a 14-point turnaround if they would have gone for it, and that changed the whole um, kind of context and, of the uh, whole game. And, and as we said, I mean, it's it's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback, but as we said, had they gone for it and not made it, you're still ahead by three. Yeah, and they have the other team and has the have ball deep 80, in their own territory. Yeah, was it 85 or 90 right. yards to go? Which, I mean, they still could have done it, but it would have taken up a chunk of the clock, probably a lot longer than the return. Well, yeah, the blocked kick for the but uh, to touchdown. Be, but to be fair, I mean, uh, up till that point in the season, the the kicks had been pretty routine. Yeah. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, a couple of uh, emails to get to before we move on here this morning. Uh, this email, Mike, at KBY.com. We were talking a little bit earlier uh, about stock market, by the way, down again today, 117 points down on the Dow. NASDAQ, the NASDAQ's up 72 points uh, today. And we talked to Jeremiah Bates this morning mm-hmm. um, talking once again, about looking ahead this week to what the unemployment report and jobs numbers reports that come out later this week, what that will mean to uh, the economy. And some people just don't understand how jobs and the number of jobs relate to inflation. Um, and this person writes in, once again, just like everything else is upside down and backwards, so is your financial guy's advice. People working, making money, and spending does not cause inflation. Our government printing money does. The Fed raising interest rates doesn't reduce inflation. It slows the economy and results in people being laid off. Explain to me how someone not working reduces inflation. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, this is from the website Investopedia. Higher unemployment equates to lower inflation. When more people are working, they have the power to spend, which leads to an increase in demand and prices. Inflation soon follow. The opposite is true when unemployment, uh, when unemployment rises. Um, so yes, in the short term, and here's, here's the deal. The Fed chairman has said this, that the reason that interest rates need to go up, even though inflation looks like it's going down, is because the jobs market is so strong. I get your point and other people's point because I believe you that the, what ultimately charge or makes, uh, inflation go up is a government printing money. 
and spending too much money. That That's the basis for it. But in the short term right now of what you're looking at as far as trying to get inflation down, the Fed has said it. It's like they the jobs market is too strong, and that's the reason why they keep raising interest rates to try to slow down the economy. Because when you have a, a hyper-growing economy, yeah. that's also inflation going up. And you don't want there, inflation at 7, 8, 9, 10%. There are different news outlets that keep blaming it on uh, printing too much money, but that's not what's going on. Yeah. Um, Laura, a BSU alum, writes, so, so, so frustrated with uh, Coach Avalos. Yes, three Sosa. That wasn't me. Yes, it starts with him, then the other coaches. The question is when, when it is starting. We've been hearing this line four to five weeks now. Play calling is affecting Taylor, Taylor Green. There should be no quarterback controversy. The O-line can't be switching uh, between Mad Dog style of play and uh, Taylor Green style of play. D is more porous than a popular yellow sponge. Uh, they screwed Bachmeyer. They're screwing with Green. Mad Dog better watch out. Avalos going through the quarterbacks. Uh, like their butter. I don't think Avalos is going through the quarterbacks. I mean, if you remember right, I, um, Bachmeyer quit. Right, that's true. Bachmeyer wasn't benched. He didn't get fired. He didn't kick kicked off the team. Um, Bachmeyer, and I mean, for a good reason, too. I mean, Bachmeyer, if he played one more game, he lost that extra year of eligibility, and he decided, I want to have a new, fresh, clean start. Someplace yeah, else, and not, I want to have a full year of eligibility. Where That's I'm not why he necessarily quit. competing for the quarterback job, but kind of have it. This is the difference that people, I think, forget. Because they want the years of Chris Peterson. They want the years of Kellen Moore. They want those years back. And college <laughs> football has changed. College football is never going back to a time like that. Because you have... For instance, you couldn't just transfer at the drop of a hat back when Chris yeah. Peterson was coaching. You you couldn't pay your quarterback one million dollars to come play for you like you like some schools do now. Well, it's indirect, but but yeah, yeah. I mean, you you couldn't give hundreds of thousands of dollars to your team in NIL to play, and there are just schools like Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia that have so much more money and bring in more money than Boise State or anybody yes, the, in the non-Power Five, you can't compete against it. In them. those days, the NIL was nil. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it meant. Now it means something completely exactly. different. You know, you didn't, if, you, if you entered the transfer portal, you had to sit out a year. Right. You didn't have to sit out a game yeah. or two. You had to sit out a full year, if you, and if, you lost you that went, year of eligibility. If you went Division One to Division One, you did. You had to sit out a year and lose it. So some of those changes, and hey, I would love to have those Chris Peterson years uh, back, but the college football landscape has just absolutely changed, and it's never going to be the same again, unfortunately. You may have some outliers. Basketball, you know, basketball too. Basketball has changed, too. I mean, you look at the number of people. For instance, last year in the in the basketball portal mm-hmm. to transfer, it was something between uh, it was something between like fifteen hundred and two thousand players transferred last year. Mm-hmm. Think about trying to build a team if you have you know every year you're losing two or three you players to in, the transfer portal. In college now, you are allowed to have a play me or trade me mentality, like the uh, uh, the baseball players yeah. used to say. Yeah. 
you know, back which, before free agency. Which sucks because if you want a, one of these really good players who might not be ready uh, for college, and we've seen that even here at Boise State, who have we've had players that weren't even given a scholarship, walked on, and I'll use Leighton Vanderesh as an example, was not a great player coming out of high school. They allowed him to walk on, but ended up being, and he's played what, now five years in the NFL? He developed mm-hmm. as a player. Um, but now you, if you you know get those players that are coming in young, it's like, you either play me or I'm going to find someplace else that'll play me. And if you want to hang on to those guys, it's like, all right, he's not ready, but we don't want to lose him, so we better play him before he's ready. It's just, the landscape has just changed, unfortunately, and unfortunately it's another thing that coaches, you know, in my opinion, have to deal with. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You want to weigh in on the uh, government not being shut down, which was really shocking to a lot of people coming to work today. Yeah, I predicted there was a 100% chance. Turned out there wasn't. No. Um, there were, you're saying there's a chance. And mm-hmm. apparently, at, at literally the 12th hour, they were able to... Well, let me rephrase this. They weren't able to avert the shutdown. They were able to kick that can down the road at least 45 days because <laughs> there still can be a shutdown if they don't come to an agreement sometime within the next 45 days. And with every all the shenanigans going on right now um, in the House, it may be a while before they can even yeah. take up trying to get to an agreement. My, my guess is they'll start looking at it about 44 and a half days. That's now. what I'm afraid of. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. Also, uh, another Trump... Trial is underway. Opening statements. As a matter of fact, right now as you're listening to us going on in New York. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back up Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. This morning, Donald Trump begins a civil trial that puts him at risk of losing control of the business that propelled him to the White House. New York Attorney General Letitia James sued Trump, his adult sons, Don Jr. and Eric, and their family real estate firm for persistent and repeated business fraud that grossly inflated how wealthy Trump really is. He has already called Judge Arthur Angoran deranged, called for his resignation, says he doesn't get it, because in, in Trump's telling, he can value things and see the value in things the way nobody else can. That's part of the reason why he believed that his estate in Palm Beach, Mar-a-Lago, was worth $600 million. Trump's attorneys and the attorney general's office both asked the judge for some clarity about what it means to dissolve all of his business certificates, how quickly that has to happen, how that process works, when it has to happen, isn't entirely clear. But it does threaten Trump's control of at least three properties here in New York. Once again, that trial is officially underway this morning. Opening statements yeah, uh, happening Trump, as of right now. Trump is there in the courtroom. Yeah, which is kind of a surprise because they didn't uh, know whether or not um, he would uh, be there for um, any, all, or part of the trial. But he mm-hmm. is there this morning. Also some thought that he may be taking the stand. That'll be interesting to see also. I don't know if this is one of those particular instances where uh, usually your attorneys go, no, we're not, we're not going to put you on the stand because uh, especially you have a tendency to say stuff in the heat of the moment that can be used against you later by the prosecution. So I, I guess we'll wait and see whether or not that's going to happen. The House due to uh, convene soon also. Matt Gates threatening to oust Speaker McCarthy 
this week. He said Sunday he will try to remove House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, a fellow Republican, from his leadership position uh, after McCarthy relied on Democratic support to pass legislation that avoided a government shutdown. Once again, what is that called? It's not It's not called cheating. It's not called going against your own. No. It's called uh, bipartisan right. shit. Exactly. To try it, and do something together so that you don't have something bad happen. Yeah. It's not disloyal. It's actually trying to get something done. Gates, longtime McCarthy nemesis, said in a broadcast interview that McCarthy was in brazen material breach, unquote, of agreements he made with House Republicans in January when he ran for speaker. As a result, Gates said he would be filing a motion to vacate the chair as soon as this week, as House rules permit. He said, I think we need to, this is his quote, I think we need to rip off the Band-Aid. I think we need to move on with new leadership that can be trustworthy, unquote. And now he'll find out how many of the congressmen are listening to him. McCarthy's response, by the way, so be it. Bring it on. Let's get over with it and let's start governing, unquote. By the way, no speaker has ever been removed from office through a move like this. Procedural votes could be uh, offered to halt the motion or it could trigger a House floor vote on whether McCarthy should remain speaker. Republicans just ended uh, a crazy week in which Congress flirted with the government closure and the majority party in the House could not even pass its own bill in an effort to avoid a shutdown. The uh, Senate came to an agreement, but the House immediately rejected that, even though they couldn't come up with an idea on their own. So this kicks the can. That's why I say in, in 45 days, let's, yeah. let me rephrase this, in in 35 days, we're going to be talking about this again. I can, yeah. I, I, in my well, own opinion, I just it's almost like we, believe it. It's like we said this morning, too. If you want to know what they're going to do in the next 45 days, look at what they did in the last 45 days. Yeah. Um, Gates, by the way, had threatened to file his uh, ouster motion if McCarthy worked with Democrats. And he said the spending package blew past spending guardrails that McCarthy had agreed to previously. Uh, McCarthy, this is the interesting interesting thing, has the support of a large majority of House Republicans. But because the GOP holds such a slim 221 to 212 uh, majority, he will need votes from some Democrats to keep his job if all of the members of the far-right group that Matt Gates is counting on vote for his ouster. Matt Gates said that the only way Kevin McCarthy keeps his job as Speaker of the House at the end of this coming week is if Democrats bail him out. Now, a lot of you may think, well, there must be a lot of people that are supporting Matt Gates. His uh, tactics have generated considerable scorn from a lot of House Republicans. Representative Mike Lawler of New York spoke of Gates' diatribe of a delusional thinking, yeah. saying Gates was acting for personal political the, reasons. Yeah, with the black beard, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was on several news shows over the weekend. Matt uh, or McCarthy made similar accusations, saying that uh, Gates was more interested in securing TV interviews than securing votes to do something. Hmm. McCarthy um, still is unpopular with some within his party, as we've mentioned. Gates, one of them, and he's got some other members, about a dozen of them. Um, the rules of the House allow for any single lawmaker, whether it's a Democrat or a Republican, to make a motion to vacate the chair, essentially an attempt to oust the Speaker from leadership through a privilege resolution. That was what McCarthy agreed to 
back in January, remember, when, what was it, 15, 15 votes? 15 votes, right. Yeah, 15 votes. So he agreed that uh, to that rule that anybody could call for his ouster as um, an agreement to get enough votes to become the Speaker of the House. I think anybody can anyway. Now, House Republicans, um, when we come back, are looking to expel Matt Gates from Congress. Some are. Some are, some are looking at at doing it because they're they're tired they're tired of the chicanery uh, going on here and want to move on uh, and and stop having these infighting going on. We'll get to that when we come back. If you want to weigh in with your thoughts, two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. All right, you got about uh, 20 more minutes if you want to text the word Broncos to get your free tickets to the game on Saturday. You should be texting the word Broncos right now, 208-336-3700. Everybody who texts in going to be in on the grand prize drawing. Don't have to be first. Don't have to be tenth. Everybody who texts in will have uh, a grand prize drawing between everybody who texts. And once again, it doesn't it doesn't help you to text more than once. So just text once the word Broncos to two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred, and you have about another twenty minutes uh, to do so. If you want to do that, all right. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Told you uh, we were going to get to. Um, how our Idaho delegation voted this past weekend. Um, U.S. Representative Mike Simpson voted in favor of the bill and said in an emailed statement that the measure will give additional time to work out appropriations for issues like immigration at the southern border. Government shutdowns are never a good way to govern, and members of Congress should not use them as a negotiating tactic, unquote. U.S. Senator Mike Crapo and Jim Risch both released a joint statement after voting in favor of the stop gap spending bill saying government shutdowns hurt taxpayers. This legislation will keep the government's lights on while ensuring our troops and border agents receive pay they have earned. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's not a permanent solution, but at least it's a, you know, it's not going to be a hardship to people. Yeah. And I, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, using the government shutdown as a negotiation tactic is just stupid. You're you're not a good leader if you have to resort to taking away, this is my opinion, taking away paying people like your military. Yeah. Paying the people that are helping congressmen and senators because they don't get paid. Border patrol agents don't get paid. If that's your tactic for negotiating, you're not being a good leader. And, and you can tell some of that once again by McCarthy being punished by Matt Gates saying that he will vote to have him removed because he tried to work yeah, with exactly. Democrats to keep dare, the government running. How dare you compromise for the good of everyone? There is not a single bill in Congress that cannot be passed without some sort of bipartisan compromise. Not one. The Republicans control the House. They can pass a bill in the House. 
Then it goes to the Senate, mm-hmm. where you need 60 votes to pass a bill. Yeah. And there are not 60 Democrats in the Senate that can pass a bill without help from Republicans. It's interesting because you hear everybody when they run for election, it's like, oh, I'm going to go there and I'm going to do my best to make sure that I'm going to be a senator Mm -hmm. or a congressman or a president. That works in a bipartisan way. I mean, that's that's one of the campaigns well, that any, you any see more, for the most part that almost all of them run on. Anymore, a lot of them campaign by saying, I'm going to go and I'm not going to compromise at all, not for one second. And so people go, great. And then, of course, nothing gets done because a lot of it's based on compromise. By the way, U.S. Representative Russ Fulcher, who we talked to last Friday live here on uh, Casper and Chris Show, um, said on X, formerly Twitter, he voted against the final continuing resolution because it did not do enough to fund immigration policies concerning the southern border, saying, quote, unfortunately, the most recent continuing resolution does not address these pressing matters my constituents want addressed, end quote. That was a statement he made. So out of uh, the uh, Idaho contingent, only Russ Fulcher voted against the continuing resolution. I don't live in his district, so I'm not sure what people were saying. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like maybe he his, his phone calls, his emails. Maybe that's what his that's what he's supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be representing the people that voted for him. That's what all of them are supposed to be doing. Bob in Nampa. Good morning. You're on News Talk KVOI. Well, uh, Russ Fulcher's a man, and he's got a spine. What I find really interesting is that you're not talking about the debt and the excessive amount of spending. We're sending millions and billions of dollars to Ukraine, and we're letting all these illegals come into this country from the southern border, and we're just spending a couple of trillion dollars more than we're taking in every single year. At some point, we're going to have a fiat currency turn into Venezuela, and the dollar will be nothing. And we, the families we, are going by, to the grocery store right now to buy groceries, and it's double. It's because of the government overspending. By the way, we have talked about that. I am 100%, maybe even more than 100%, that we need to cut back in spending. When? I, I think, when When? When? What? when have I been against it? When? No, no. When are we going to cut back? When are we going to have a balanced budget? I don't when? think, my personal opinion is we're never going to have a balanced budget again. Ever. Well, that, that's my personal opinion. The, now, but, but, you missed, but you missed But you missed. my point. I think if you're using shutting down a government as your negotiation tactic, then you're not a good leader. I don't think, you should, I don't think you should sit here and say, the these people are not going to get paid. I'm going to continue to get paid. Senators are going to continue to get paid. But our military isn't going to get paid. The people that are watching the border supposedly are, are not going to get paid. I think that's a really bad negotiation tactic to shut down a government because you're not getting your way. You should and be able to is- work at as bipartisans. You should be able to. I know there are some that can't. But you should be able to work out without threatening to the livelihood of other people that have no control over it. You think that's fair that the military wouldn't get paid if we shut down the government? That the people watching our southern border, 
that they don't get paid if the if the government shuts down just because they can't work out a deal. And I I, I agree I think, with you. We are spending way too much money. Well, at some point, something's going to give, and sacrifices have to be made in order for the budget to get balanced and for us to stop overspending before our whole currency collapses upon itself. Do you see the only way as doing that is by shutting down the government? And this is just your opinion. I'm just asking your opinion. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, I would, agree. I would agree with it. Shut it down until it gets balanced. I would say shut it all down until they can say, okay, we're taking in $4 trillion, we're going to spend $4 trillion. That's it. Shut it all down. Look, is there a single family in the in this country that can continue to spend more and more and more than they take in? No, there isn't. So, Bob, do you only care that the balance is budget, or do you care how they do it? Of course, I care how they do it. So, well, uh, it's, it's, but so, but you're you're you, the only way you want the budget balance is by spending less money. Is that what you're saying? That's what that's what I'm curious about. Because there are two ways to balance a budget. Right? Well, you either take more in or you spend less. You raise taxes or you cut the budget. Right. So you say you want a balanced budget. Are, are you okay with them raising your taxes? No. Okay. So you just want budgets, budget cuts. Yep. Okay. All right. Thank you for the yep. call. Rob writes in, there was no reason for this close call. In May, House Republican leaders agreed to a very specific deal to fund the government. Then they reneged on it, proposing instead to cut housing subsidies for the poor, uh, just as rents are driving a national affordability crisis, taking nutritional assistance away from more than a million women and children, and cutting home heating assistance just as we head into the winter months. At least the Senate had the sense to come up with a bipartisan continuing resolution to keep the government open. This shootout inside the Republican Party was all about showing Trump who was willing to fight the hardest, regardless of whether any of it made any sense, even for them. The rest of the country was almost caught in the crossfire. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in, you can do that right now. Um, you can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Final segment on the way. Uh, if you're on the line, stay right where you're at. I promise we'll get to you right after this uh, break. And don't forget, you have another 10 minutes. That's it, 10 minutes to text the word Broncos to 208-336-3700. One person is going to win a free pair of tickets this morning. Uh, go ahead and text now. Uh, your chance to win still on the way. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at three. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. 950-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Gordon and Council listening on 93.1 FM this morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Hiya, fellas. Uh, first, I just want to say this is so amazing. This, this platform that you offer to the public here in the Treasure Valley, anybody in this valley can call in and express something. It's a better platform than if I were on a nationally broadcast uh, town hall meeting with the president there. You know, the people stand up in the audience and they 
they've already handed in their questions on a card. And anybody with a question that is not acceptable is not going to get to ask that question. This is the only place in the country that I know of where I can call in and say, it's your fault that, that, <laughs> uh, we, that, we, have, that we have inflation. Uh, the, in America, everything you bought used to be made in America. Every time you bought something, the money went to an American and the money circulated. Now, that paradigm has been turned on its head, and every time you spend money, you send money out of this economy. It flows out instead of going in a circle. Now, I don't care what your Democrat says, your Republican leaders, they're all in it together. They're telling you that this will work. The Democrats say, if we'll just tax those rich guys enough, this paradigm will work. And the, Demo- and the Republicans are saying, well, those doggone Democrats are just spending so much money. Otherwise, this would work. No, no, no. You went to the store and you saw a toaster made in China for $9 and you passed up the one and made in Wisconsin that cost $13. You didn't care if that Wisconsin worker had kids that needed a, an education or wanted a vacation. Uh, and and we, we supported China. All of us, we all supported China. And so when the factories left, they didn't just take the jobs. They were no longer paying taxes in this country. Our government would have more money if those if those factories were here. There would be the jobs. And money is being removed. That's three consequences from buying foreign-made goods. The money leaves, the tax dollars leave, and the jobs leave. And now it just doesn't work, folks. Now, we, if we stand back and fight each other about how the Democrats are spending too much or the Republicans aren't paying enough taxes. We're just fighting ourselves. It is time for kumbaya, my friends, my fellow citizens. We've got to come together and stop buying foreign-made goods and demand that our leaders, whatever party, and don't just quit your party. You've got to make your party better. You've got to go to the caucus. You've got to run for office. But don't believe those guys anymore. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Gordon. Uh, email Mike at KBOI.com. You guys are pushing the agenda again rather than explaining to your audience the truth about what's really happening. The only shenanigans taking place is being done by the Uniparty. McConnell, Schumer, McCarthy, Biden, etc. All those working with the Chinese to destroy our country, our dollar, and our freedom, and you are complicit because you refuse to educate your audience. Matt Gates has taken a very admirable stand in trying to save our country by stopping the incessant and stupid spending. I don't have a problem with him trying to stop the spending. That's not, and I don't think most people have a problem with that. Using shutting down the government as a negotiating ta- tactic, that's the problem I have. Mm. I, I agree with Matt Gates, and most Republicans agree that we need to cut back on spending. However, you got to get Democrats and Republicans to agree on what government spending needs to be cut back because you have to have work across the aisle to be able to have it done. Eventually, even with a government shutdown, you eventually have to work across the aisle. And I, here's the problem. I don't think if, if, the, if this government shutdown comes either now or if it does indeed come in November... I don't think it's good for Republicans in running for elections next year. That's another problem I have with it. I don't think it's it's worse for Republicans, I think, than it is in Democrats. If if people put the blame on Republicans for it. If they don't, 
then it's, you know, six one half dozen the other. It doesn't make any difference. First step in balancing a budget. No more foreign aid to crap hole countries. You want to be specific and let us know which crap hole, which countries are crap holes, or is it just all countries, no foreign aid going to any country? Are you talking Ukraine? Are you talking, you need to be a little more specific yeah. on what your definition of a crap and hole again, country is. Again, as we've talked about before, foreign aid is maybe, what, 2% of the budget yeah. at most. That's a bit uh, about all the time we have for today. Thanks for participating. We'll be on a 20-hour break. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Um, uh, thank you to everybody who texted the word Broncos. We'll be picking a winner here in just moments. If you if you want to take the final few seconds, you can do that, 208-336-3700. And don't forget, we've got tickets all week. Nate Shellman will have another chance for you to win your uh, Boise State tickets for Saturday's game at uh, after 6 this afternoon.